listening to Football and Fluff, where we talk a lot of football and a little bit of fluff. This podcast is a venue where we discuss college football and its fluff. We're your co-host, I'm Hank. And I'm Trey. I'm the football. And I'm the fluff. A word play is brought to you by the fluff. Here is our word of the day. Word play of the day. Line of scrimmage. An imaginary line crossing the field, which both offensive and defensive players cannot cross, until the football is snapped and the play has started. It is also the location where the ball is spotted after running a play or being assessed to penalties. Word play of the day. All right, let's get right to it. Uh, Today on Football and Fluff, we have a special guest today, ladies and gentlemen, the coach from Wayne State University. Now I say the coach, however, This man has been a mentor to me. He has been a mentor to many. He led the squad to a 2011 national championship game. He's a three-time GLIAC coach of the year. He has also coached 185 award winners. He has also mentored 11 GLIAC of the year recipients. Please let me introduce you to my friend, my mentor, Paul Winters. Uh, it's great to to be with you. I am feeling wonderful, working my rear end off. <laughs> it's great to have you on, Coach. This is uh, an honor for me. Um, you have been instrumental in my life, and I've shared that with you throughout the years. We've been knowing one another probably since 1986 or seven. It's been that long. 86. Yeah, 86. 86 yeah. University of Toledo. I came under your tutelage as, first of all, a student assistant. And then I did one year as a grad assistant. You were just a young guy back then. <laughs> so, Coach, how's it been going? You know what? This, is, this has been a tough year for everybody, um, but it's, a, it's another challenge. And um, I really have, have – it's, it's kind of been interesting. You know how you'd say it's, it's been horrible, but it's been interesting, I'd say. Understood, understood. Coach, can you tell me about some of the academic successes and the expectations that you have with the uh, Wayne State players? I can tell you that um, it starts with our athletic director, um, Rob Fournier, who's another Akron guy, by the way. Um, the, uh, he, he understands that it's not about just winning and losing. It's about the total development of the student-athlete. And I think that's maybe the one of the most rewarding um, parts of being the head coach at a Division II school. So, you know, there's, there's always pressure to win. But we talk about three things. We talk about um, academic achievement, number one. We talk about community service. And then we talk about winning championships. So um, we want our guys, number one, to graduate. Uh, and and we, we provide 
learning specialists. We have, like, I think, three learning specialists. We have a couple professors that come in and, and tutor our guys. Um, we spend a lot of time, and we're a major university. This isn't some 2,000 people university. We have 30,000 students. Um, but we spend a lot of time making sure that our students are in a position to be successful academically. And, and I'm so proud of the guys that we've been able to recruit. Um, I've had guys that have global supply chain management guys that have nice. done internships in Rome. Oh, nice. You know, I mean, just phenomenal. They've, I've, I've had guys that their senior year, before their senior year starts, they're getting job offers from different companies and they're asking us, hey, coach, can you, can you recommend our, our company to this kid? Nice. You know, um, nice. that to me um, is the most rewarding part about being a coach here. Um, the, the fact that, that my guys are just off the charts intelligent. We've had um, more National Football Foundation um, honors award winners than any school in the country. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, um, I can't even tell you all the different people. I've had two guys get on the uh, All-State Good Works team. Yes. Uh, you know, and gone down to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl because of the academic or because of the community service that they do. So, so we're, the point I guess I'm trying to make is that we're developing the total student athlete. And, and, and what we want our young men to become are leaders in their communities. And, and you know, I, I was looking on Twitter yesterday and uh, one of my guys, and it was just, he was a backup defensive tackle. He, uh -huh. he, he, he was with me his entire career, um, played a lot, but never really was the guy. Um, he, he said he, his tweet was, I can't believe how all the things I learned in college are really important for me now. And then he put hashtag PMA 100. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I, I, it's one of those things where you want to cry. It's like, right. yeah, exactly. I've been telling you that, and you got it. Exactly. So, um, you know, very proud of, of when you talk about the culture of this program. I'm very proud of the culture of this program. Absolutely. The off-the-field performance with a record 39 football student-athletes earning GLIAC All-Academic Honors, including 18 on the excellence team for maintaining a cumulative grade point average of 3.5. That is impressive. Yeah. Well, this, this, this past um, semester, the winter semester, we had nine 4.0s. We had 26 guys over a 3.5. We had um, a 3.19 team GPA. Nice. Yeah. Wow. A bunch of smart We'll compare guys. that with anybody in the country. I know that's right. That, that, and, and, you know, one of the things that I would like to see that when it comes time for, you know, these TV broadcasts and these championship games and playoff games and so on, that that be one of the focal points that these uh, stations, radio and TV both talk about is the academic successes of football teams. Yeah, you know what? If you want to get into a conversation and you want to have a, a podcast based on me ripping the media, <laughs> uh, because they don't focus on the right things. And, and, and you know what? They're, they're trying to get 
likes and, and things like that, as yes. opposed to trying to, to spread the good word of, of the positive that comes out of being a college football player, a college athlete. Yeah, period. exactly. Yeah. Well, enter football and fluff because we're going to talk go. about what they don't talk about. <laughs> there you go. I'm all for it. The season. We know we have this COVID-19 pandemic. We also understand that colleges are actually inviting athletes back to campus and they've started uh, some workouts. Uh, yeah. What's your opinion on if we will have a football season or not? Well, I can tell you that it's not going well. Um, from a standpoint of Division One major college football, uh, they're planning to have a season. And, and I'm pretty sure they're going to have a season. But I can tell you it's not going well. There's a, a lot of the young men who are supposed to be participating in at that level are coming down with the COVID-19. And um, they're struggling a little bit. Um, just keeping the kids healthy. So it's going to be a struggle. As far as Division Two and Division Three, um, Division Three definitely is pretty much done. There won't be a Division Three football season. Okay. And today they announced that there will be no Division Two championships in the fall. So um, that's kind of – it's not great news. I understand, understand. And also I would like for the listeners to know – your affiliations. Um, so if you could give us a little bio of uh, the different organizations and the different bodies of governing bodies, I should say, that you are well, a member of. Um, I Well, for the past four years, I think it was, I was a member of the uh, NCAA um, Rules Committee, um, the Football Rules Committee, I should say. And um, I, I ended that, and at the time I ended that, I started as a board member um, on the board of trustees for the American Football Coaches Association, um, which is really kind of a, 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 an incredible honor. I'm one of two Division II coaches. I think there's about seven or eight Division I coaches and two Division III, NAIA. All levels are, are, are being um, represented. Um, so you get a chance to work with some of the, the best coaches in America, and that's quite an honor. Awesome, awesome. And I do understand you are the reigning GLIAC 2019 Coach of the Year. Is that correct? Um, yes, uh, very fortunate this year. We, we won eight out of our last nine games, finished second in the league yes. um, with one loss, and the other team had, two, had zero losses and um, beat us. So um, close, but no cigar this year. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Coach, can you tell us a little bit about um, the culture at Wayne State and how you are handling uh, some of the off-field things that are going on in our nation right now? And if your football team has done anything, um, you know, to acknowledge what's going on right now? You know, um, obviously, our guys are, are very aware of – what's going on in the world today and especially in the United States. And uh, um, it's been tough because we actually left campus um, for spring break, I think on about March 9th and the United States hadn't declared the pandemic until like a week later. Uh -huh. um, so we ended up not coming back from spring break 
and our university, we're in Midtown Detroit. So um, there's not a lot of, uh, I guess there is a lot of cases of COVID-19 in Detroit area. So our university has basically been closed the entire time. Mm -hmm. So um, the the conversations that we've had as a team um, have been virtual. We haven't seen, I I haven't seen my guys in person. I see. (laughs) Since March. Wow. You know, so um, as far as as how we addressed it, um, I was around with Martin Luther King. You know, my my sisters marched on Washington with him. And um, I I was a child. They were, they were, much older than I am. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> um, but uh, there were a lot of riots going on at that time. I, it was 67, 68, a lot of riots going on in Akron where I, where I was growing up. Yes. And um, I, I explained to, to um, my team that I lived through that. And honestly, I was very afraid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I was afraid for my family. I was afraid for from being black. Mm-hmm. I was afraid um, because the riots weren't far from my home. You know, we we weren't in poverty, but we weren't in the <laughs> the nice <laughs> section of town either. You know, um, and and my parents were at work, and I was at what eight year old, nine year old, just at home trying to figure out what the heck was going to happen to me, you know, what was somebody going to come in and kill me? Um, And and it was real thought at that age. And and basically what I told my team is it's okay for us to be afraid, but the, the culture of this football team is going to bring us hope. The fact that we talk about family and that the, you know, we don't look at our, our teammate as black, white or anything else. And I brought an example of two of our graduates, two guys that just graduated that were on the team this past year. Yes, sir. There are two of our starting linebackers, one white, one black, one from Toledo, one from um, – actually, he's a Sylvania Northview guy. Okay. And he was uh, one of our MVPs. And another one from a, a, a private school in Detroit area. And, and I said, these two guys – They'll fight you if you mess with either one of them. Uh-huh. The other one will fight you. And not because it's black or white. One's black, one's white. It's because they're brothers. It's because they're brothers, absolutely. That's the culture of this football team. And I said, the thing that, that, that is going to stop us from being afraid is the hope. That's and, right. And the hope of, of a, a better future. And I said, um, the, the, the one young man from Detroit is a, uh, a, a criminal justice major. And he's not going to, he's white, and he's not going to look at a black person uh-huh. as the enemy because his brother is black. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and that gives us hope. Absolutely. You know, so that's, that's kind of the stuff that we talked about just, you know, that we, we stick together, we're a family and, and we can't, you know, it's not, not, we don't do politics. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Excellent. I would like to also ask you, um, as far as from a X's and O's standpoint, 
because I know your IQ is tremendous. A little bit of fluff, huh? Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, your football IQ is off the charts. So, because I witnessed that, <laughs> and uh, I remember when I was a grad assistant. No, I'll tell the story later. <laughs> <laughs> From um, as far as your uh, talking about X's and O's, your strategy when yes. it comes to, and I know you're a tremendous offensive mind as well as a defensive mind which you have to be a little bit of both because if you're coaching offense, you got to know exactly or somewhat of what the defense is doing. And if you're coaching defense, you got to kind of plan. and. and you have to know why they're doing it. Why they're doing it. Exactly. So yeah. how do you approach um, your football strategies? And what um, do you expect from your coaches in, in both realms, offensively and defensively? You know what I expect? I'll answer both, but, um, as far as what I expect from my coaches is to know the philosophy of the program, the philosophy that I set. Yes. So my philosophy is we're going to be physical and we're going to run the football and we're going to shut down the run. Uh -huh. um, so we want to, you know, it, it, it controls how we recruit. We want to recruit um, big time defensive linemen guys, especially inside guys that can, can stuff the run. Um, we want to recruit, recruit speed. Um, from guys that, you know, can get a, get to the edge and, and stop the, the outside runs. Uh -huh. And then, obviously, you got to recruit secondary guys that can defend the pass. So um, that's all part of, of recruiting, and I'm talking defense because I'm an offensive guy, and yes. I always talk about, you know, if the defense does their job, I don't have to be great at my job. But um, realistically, we're going to run the football, and, and this year – we had the running back was the uh, MVP of the league. Yes. Um, and he was outstanding. But us being able to run the football was a big part of why we scored so often with our play-action pass. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to be able to run and pass when we want to. And with, with our play-action pass, if we're running the football the way we're supposed to, teams have to defend that. And, you know, we're watching film today, and there's – oftentimes 10 guys up to stop the run yes. because we run it so well. So doing that, we've got a lot of guys running free. I got you. <laughs> you know? You found so 10 in the box. Times. You found yeah, 10 guys exactly. in the box. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. A couple of times we said, you know, if we just send him straight down the field, nobody covered him. Everybody <laughs> did on the run. Wow. You know? Um, but that's that's all part of it. Um, we want to be physical and, and, and the most guys probably offensively, obviously we have a ton of offensive linemen that we recruit, but we recruit tailbacks because if you don't have a great tailback, that philosophy is down the drain. That was going to be my next question to you. What does your prototype tailback look like for your system? You know what? I've got so many different guys that were outstanding. I just recruit really good tailbacks. They don't have a prototype size. Yeah. You know, Joey Bell played for the Lions for a few years, was great. The best tailback I ever coached at Wayne State. Uh -huh. um, he was five foot ten. He weighed 205, 210, probably 230 when he was with the Lions. But he had the best feet you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, he was incredible. Built a lot like Kelvin Farmer. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, and uh, he – was tremendous, tremendously explosively quick, not 
not a straight out fast runner, but just gotcha. unbelievable feet. You get him in the hole, think you got him in a box, and he beats you, and you can't touch him. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But I also had a, a a tailback that was 5'11", 260 pounds, and finished second in the country in rushing one oh, year. Holy cow. And I had coaches tell me, you're not playing him this week, are you? And I just laugh <laughs> at him. I'm like, yeah. And and when you have a guy like that who was just tremendous, tremendously strong, he was just a muscle, you mm-hmm. know, just uh-huh. a freak, freakish muscle guy. Um, you have DBs turning him down. They're uh-huh. not even trying to tackle yeah. him. Yeah. But the guy who was a uh, – um, we had the all-league tailback the year before who was 6'3", 230, tall, mm-hmm. lean. Um, but the guy this year was 5'10", 195 pounds and ran a 4'3-something. Oh, wow. You wow. know what I mean? So there's no prototype. We just go the best guys we can find, and we bring them in, and we run behind them. And we adjust according to what they do. Gotcha. You had, you had, a, tail, you had a fullback, I believe that played at the University of Akron. He ended up playing for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Do you remember who that is? Jamie Reader. Jamie Reader. I ran into him in Walmart. In Are Jackson. you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and we talked about you for a short time, and we exchanged. At, this was pre-COVID. We exchanged handshakes, and we hugged. Seriously. And I said, you know, I said, Paul Winters is a great friend of mine. I said, I, the next time I talk to him, I'm going to let him know I ran into you. And he oh was like, man, he was, he was great. He was a great coach. And, and yeah. uh, I think he actually ended up playing in Jacksonville. The guy Let me I'm tell you a Jamie Reader story real quick. Uh, this is maybe a little bit of the fluff. But Jamie Reader was at Akron when I first returned from Wisconsin. Yes. And um, I think he might have been a sophomore or junior when I got there. I, don't, I didn't have him his whole career. But Jamie Reader was – he's one of the most talented guys I ever had. You know, yeah. he was probably six one. Yeah. He probably weighed two forty five at the time. Could run really fast, mm-hmm. um, but he was not a practice guy. You know, <laughs> I mean, he, he, you, you'd have to like, okay, Jamie, you know, it's important that we practice hard today. It got to the point where, if an NFL scout came in, Jamie Reader was all over the place. He was flying. <laughs> So, you know, we, I, I told the head coach, because I was the uh, offense coordinator at the time, I said, so what we're going to do from now on is I'm going to pay a guy off the street. I'm going to give him an NFL shirt, and I'm going to have him come in with a notebook and just stand by my drills so Jamie works hard. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the things that um, you did with the tailbacks at the University of Toledo, which is uh, my fondest memory. I wasn't a part of the Akron experience. Although we do realize that you were a, a, a great tailback for the University of Akron. And then you went back later on and coached there. But some of the things you did with the tailbacks at uh, Toledo, I actually took those same techniques and taught them to my eight and nine-year-old group when I coached out in Colorado. <laughs> and the first thing I taught my tailback, who happened to be from Toledo, his dad was from Toledo, and he oh, – yeah? He was in Colorado because he was in the military. And uh, one of the, he was one of the best players in the league. The first thing I taught him is a lead crossover and plant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you he, know what? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he wore the league out. <laughs> I, used to run him, I used to run that lead crossover and plant and let him bounce it, and he'd hit the sideline and eat the chalk up on the sideline. He's, 
he's got seven every every about fifteen touchdowns that year. Just that's from, awesome. Yeah. So so now you, it's Lee Gather Jab. Really, it's all changed <laughs> now. <laughs> well, we're it's more counter stuff. So we 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 don't do as much sprint draw. No. Yeah, oh, we okay. don't. Is that because of how the offense has changed and spread out? Um, I, you know what? Some in in some ways, if you look at the NFL, even it's more compact than spread out anymore. Uh huh. You know, you you look at there, and you can see all twenty two on your picture screen a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. You know, gotcha. so it's 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 it 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 fluctuates. Basically, you you do one thing, you spread them out. Defense figures it out. So you bring them in tight. Defense will figure it out. You spread them out again. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. You know, it changes with whatever you need to do to change, to improve. I understand. So with, with, with Wayne State being, I assume, more of a run-type offense, then that would mean you probably go no more than three receivers on the field, or do you mix it up as well? We mix it up. I mean, yeah. one of our best running formations, we have four receivers because they got to defend them. And, and a lot of times – you you put in four defenders or four receivers, you end up with, I want to say, six guys covering them. So that leaves five guys in the box, and you've got five guys blocking those five. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. you end up – whatever you can do to give yourself the best numbers. Gotcha. I got a little bit of fluff for you, though, Coach. All right. University of Toledo. Oh, no. We're Wait playing the University of Miami. Oh. Yep. This is down in Miami? Yes. Yeah. And you know what? I will say this about Miami. Um, my linebacker coach is Jay Peterson. Okay. Jay, Jay was a great tailback at Miami. He also at one point was defense coordinator there. Okay. Um, so, and he's, he's from Cadiz, which is over on the Ohio River. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Very familiar. But he, uh, he, he's a great representative representative of Miami. So I'm I'm gonna keep it keep it right. all right in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> More fluff. I had I had gained a passion for the game after learning so much about the game. We're at Ball State. We're winning the dang football game. We go in and score. There's about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes left in the game. They drive down, score and win it. I sit on the bench and cry. Because <laughs> I'm torn to pieces because we did everything we did everything right to win that football game, but we could not stop them on their last possession. And, 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 and I remember uh, talking to you because you were in the press box. I was on the field, and, and you were making sure that, hey, when we were going in to score, we were making sure that the tailbacks were doing what they needed to do, the fullbacks were doing what they needed to do. We score. I think we won the game. I go back, sit on the bench. Because they came back and scored, and they had Bernie Parmalee at tailback. Oh, yeah. He ripped yeah. us apart. He was special. That last uh, – I think he ended up playing with the Dolphins or somebody. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, so – He was he was great tailback. Just a little fluff. Well, Coach, I want to tell you that it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, we hope to have you on the show again. Uh, anytime. Anytime. So, and, by the way, you've been really easy on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next time um, we get a chance to talk to you, we certainly hope that there's a college football season in the making. If not, 
then I don't know what we're going to do this fall. Um, well, one of the things, and I talked about this is a challenge as opposed to a problem. Um, for me and for Wayne State, I can tell you that I am excited about the fact that I'm going to have a chance with our coaching staff to coach our young men for a full year if it has to be a full year. That's awesome. And I think that gives us a great advantage because I think we have great coaches. And I think that's going to help our kids grow better than anybody could ever imagine. Awesome. So that's I'm looking awesome. forward to it. Yeah. All right, there you have it. Coach Paul Warner's coach, we thank you. Please come back and see us. We need your knowledge. We need your expertise. And we need your presence in college football. You have been a great asset to college football. And we hope that that continues for the years to come. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. That wraps up this episode of Football and Fluff. Follow us on Instagram at Football and Fluff. Send us an email at footballandfluff at gmail.com. Tell us about some topics that you would like to discuss. See y'all next week.